everybody, and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to queens. I'm your host, Jack, and thank you so very much for tuning back in for another episode, especially if you're tuning in the same day that I'm releasing this episode. If you're in America, or like, shit, honestly, even if you're not in America, this election cycle is very likely causing you no small amount of anxiety, and at the time that I'm recording this, there's no obvious results yet right now, but I can tell you that I will be spending all day this hump day just wine drunk pretending the election is not happening because at this point, it's out of my hands. I can no longer affect anything. I can't make any change and I'm kind of sick of all the stress. So <laughs> this hump day is just a loss for me. And if you guys are feeling super stressed out about it, first of all, you're in the majority. It's okay to be worried and scared and you know your your fears and your concerns are valid but like i said you can't change anything anymore and with all the mail-in ballots it probably won't be called immediately it's okay to put your phone down to turn off the tv to ignore it for now to get wine drunk like me and pretend you live in a country that's never ever heard of government and politics and presidents you know so just take care of your mental health guys please it's important but in a stark contrast to America's politics, let's talk about how bees run their governments. I think talking about bees is a lot better for my mental health, at least. Hopefully it is for your guys' mental health, just listening about it, you know? Specifically, we're gonna talk about the Western honeybee, mostly because they're cute, you know? Like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> One of the many things that honeybees are famous for is their social structure. They live in colonies with a strict division of labor, and it's all managed by the queen. Their particular lifestyle flavor is called eusociality, like EU sociality. And no, the EU does not come from the abbreviation for Europe. It comes from the Greek word for good. So eusociality literally just means good sociality. Whoever named that was not being objective, by the way. <laughs> so eusociality has a couple very strict requirements, and there's not a lot of animals out there that meet that standard. The first requirement being cooperative care of the collective offspring. So like a daycare, essentially. And the next being overlapping generations within the colony of adults. That one's not so hard. But the final requirement is a division of labor into reproductive and non-reproductive groups. And as that final requirement implies, your role in a honeybee colony is absolutely 100% determined by your ability to breed, which kind of makes me think of uh, A Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, if you guys have seen it. If you haven't seen it, first of all, it's an excellent series. Go watch it. But second, something happens in the series where a whole bunch of people become infertile. So all the women are basically rounded up, and if you're fertile, your role in society becomes to give birth. That's it, that's your job. That's your the point of your existence. And if you're not, you become a servant, you know? So honeybees are kind of like that, but without the gender discrimination. And no, I'm not saying that as like a go honeybees, we should idolize that kind of thing. I like that they don't discriminate, but realistically, their system is really fucked up. And if it were replicated in humans, it would involve quite a lot of human rights violations and just shitty ethics. <laughs> but it's fine for honeybees, so let's move on. At the tippy top of the pyramid, we've got our queen. She is a fertile female with a fully developed reproductive tract. She is meant to be the only one who is able to produce offspring. And just because she's a queen, 
and a bigger deal than everybody else. She's also got a bigger body. Now, growing up, I, I knew that a lot of queens were bigger, but I imagine them being like comically bigger, just big and fat and unable to fly, just bumbling around, you know? Like in Alien, the Xenomorph Queen Mother, I was super wrong. They're not very noticeably different. If you were looking at a colony of honeybees, it would not be immediately obvious who the queen is. You know, she's bigger, but not like wildly bigger. So her primary job is to make new bees. And she does that by being surrounded by a harem of drones. Every single male honeybee is placed in the 200 strong harem to be utilized as a virgin stud by the queen. So if you're a male bee, your entire, your whole purpose in life is to be an inseminator. You are viewed as little more than a turkey baster, honestly, which is really sad. So the way that it happens is the queen and all of the virgins will separately meet up at a location. And by the way, scientists still have not figured out how they choose or communicate that location. But they will fly around a bit in the open air, doing some acrobatics, and then all of a sudden, a swarm of males approach her, just ready to fuck, raring to go. But they actually, like, they swarm her and then they stand in line to be respectful about it. I mean, she's royalty, she's a queen. It's not Tinder, you have to be polite, you know? So one at a time, they will mount her and then they'll stick the inner sac of their penis, it's called an endophallus, into her abdomen and then just immediately jizz. It's super efficient. But unprotected sex comes with unintended consequences. For me, it's something like crying in the bathroom, opening a pregnancy test from Walgreens and just a casual existential crisis. For honeybees, they catch something called exploding dick syndrome. It's this syndrome where after you have sex, your dick explodes. And yeah, it's very fatal. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. In my opinion, they're completely abused, just because in the summer, they sit there and they cater to the queen's every sexual desire. And a lot of times, in temperate regions especially, during the wintertime, the drones will be kicked out of the hive so that they don't use up the resources like food. You know, how dare they? <laughs> but they can't forage for themselves. They can't go like collect pollen or nectar to eat, you know what I mean? They don't even have stingers, so they can't even protect themselves. So naturally, when they get kicked out, they just starve to death or they die from the cold. And next spring, when they have food to spare, the queen just quickly makes some more males. <laughs> Could you imagine just, ah, it's a dry season. Let me just make some dicks real quick. <laughs> oh, I hear your question. Jack, how does the queen make babies if there's no males to impregnate her? Your question is valid and intelligent and I commend you. The answer is, of course, that nature is weird and exists to spit in the face of convention, most likely out of spite. A natural guess would be that the queen honeybee is able to store sperm to make use of at a later date. And that is actually true. The lady is very much capable of doing that, like a lot of species. But of course, that is not the answer. She does not use that sperm to create male drones. She actually can't use sperm to create male drones. And that is because honeybees, and actually all bees, are haplodiploid. I am absolutely positive that you guys already know what that means, and you obviously use that word on a daily basis. Of course you do. But just to cover my bases, I'm gonna be redundant and explain it anyways. What this basically boils down to is that females are produced from fertilized eggs, and males are produced from unfertilized eggs. The males are haploid, and the females are diploid. So as a species, they're called haplodiploid. 
Haplodiploidy is a sex determination system, kinda like how the XY chromosome or the ZW chromosome systems are also for sex determination. And the determination is based upon how many chromosomes are received by the offspring. A male has only one set of chromosomes, so 16 chromosomes total, coming from the egg, and are therefore haploid. A female has two sets of chromosomes, so 32 chromosomes total, caused by the egg and the sperm together, with each having 16 separately, therefore she's a diploid. So if the queen wants males, all she has to do is lay an egg and just let it be. Don't fertilize it. If the sperm is not introduced to add a second set of chromosomes, it becomes male by default. Haplodiploidy is super cool to me, and there's a couple things that make it even more weird. <laughs> Primarily, relatedness. But secondarily, haplodiploidy is also just a fun word to say. <laughs> so in haplodiploidy, I'm gonna say it as much as possible, a male cannot have a father, and he also cannot have sons, because again, he doesn't need a dad to fertilize his egg. However, he does have a grandfather, because a male did have to fertilize the egg that the queen was born from, and therefore he can also have grandsons. No dad, no sons, but grandfather and grandsons, yes. <laughs> this also means that sisters are much more closely related than in species like humans. In humans, the relatedness to your sibling is one half, whereas in haplodiploidy, it's three quarters relatedness. These sisters, or super sisters, are therefore more closely related to their sister than they would be theoretically to their own offspring. How wild is that? And it plays into their social dynamic too, as far as the whole like cooperative thing. Imagine if your mom went up to you like, yeah, I kind of love you, sweetie, but obviously I pick your aunt over you every single time. <laughs> that would be fucked, right? <laughs> so speaking of these super sisters, let's talk about the third and final labor division. We talked about the solitary queen. We talked about her harem of male drones now let's talk about her workers, the working class, the class with the largest numbers, tens of thousands in a colony. See how this is kind of like a real government? Also, considering how every single worker honeybee is a female, I'm just going to name every single one of them Rosie the Riveter. We can do it. It actually does feel very 1950s, but reversed. The women are expected to go to work and to keep the community running and do all the labor, while the men are expected to stay home and make babies. <laughs> And you know, it's equally as fucked up. Let's not emulate the bees here. So thousands and thousands of honeybees, all named Rosie, run the hive. They're responsible for raising the young, foraging for nectar and pollen, producing honey, killing bad guys with their stingers, and they're generally completely sterile. And they communicate with each other via a hive mind, using a bunch of complicated dances and flights, pheromones and vibrations, as a lot of people know, actually. So to simplify it, each bee acts like a singular neuron in a brain, each giving an opinion until a majority opinion is reached. One bee might do like a weird little figure eight dance to convey, yo, this place is full of food. And other bees might be like, hell yeah, let's go get food there. So reaching a majority, but then another bee who's been attacked there might respond with headbutts to convey, you will fucking die if you go there. So then they all dance to figure it out. And when a decision is reached, all of them fall in line and do the decided action. I want to say it's very lemming-like, but science has actually proven that lemmings are not at all lemming-like. <laughs> Alright, let's take a couple steps back. I said worker honeybees are all female and all sterile. Well, I lied to you, but only a tiny bit. In a hypothetical hive, all worker bees are sterile, except when they're not. 
Sometimes a worker bee, who is not supposed to be going around laying eggs, goes around laying eggs. <laughs> Obviously, this is seen as treason. So the offending eggs, which are only 25% related to the queen, are exterminated with extreme prejudice. And often, the accidentally fertile female gets caught up in the infanticide and becomes a casualty of war. Unless, of course, the queen very suddenly dies. In which case, a huge portion of the females suddenly becomes fertile, and there's just so many eggs everywhere. <laughs> so the next thing that I want to talk to you guys about is segues. I promised you guys that I would work on them, and I have kept that promise. I have worked on them very hard. <laughs> but I made sure to not promise to you guys that the work would be fruitful and that my segues would actually get better as a result of the work that I put in. Therefore, that was my fucking segue into the next subject related to honeybees. It's flight. I want to talk about flight. Have any of you heard that according to physics, a bee should not be able to fly? It's a very widely spread lie, like a lot of things, such as landing on the moon. I'm kidding, we definitely landed on the moon, you guys. The myth about bees breaking physics to attain flight is due to ignoring two words, two very important words. Bees are capable of flight, yes. Bees are not capable of fixed wing flight. In 1934, Antoine Magnon published a book titled Le Vol d'Insectes, where they applied the equations regarding air resistance to insect wings and discovered that it did not fit calculations for fixed wing flights. Fixed wing like planes. Which makes sense because plane wings don't move. But birds and insects beat their wings, you know, they do move. And when you look at the calculations applied to mechanics like helicopters, bee flights fall perfectly in line with the laws of physics, obviously. The last thing I want to talk to you guys about is saving the bees. Save the fucking bees. Seriously, we fucking need them. Do you like food or wine or being alive? Save the fucking bees. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. All proceeds from my Patreon for the rest of the year. Fuck it. The rest of the fucking year goes to saving bees. You want to save the bees? Go to the Phonication Patreon, subscribe, and every single goddamn cent will go to the bees. And I'll upload a receipt. You know what? Fuck it. Let's make it sexier. You get a free t-shirt if you save the bees. And I have about 600 stickers. So I'll give you stickers with that t-shirt. Go to Patreon, subscribe, save the bees, get some free merch. You're happy, I'm happy, the bees are buzzing, plants get pollinated. Maybe we do a tiny bit of good in 2020. I'll take the fucking win, you know? And on that note, I'm gonna end the episode before I go into like a full on rant. I'll save the rant for later tonight when I'm wine drunk watching the news. Don't forget to rate Phonication on iTunes. Five stars would be so cool, but you know what? Even three stars and I'll be stoked. <laughs> and next hump day, I'll be back with another fucked up episode for you guys. I hope you enjoy it and I love each and every single one of you. Bye.